So we came up with Miss Amage as his mistress, um, who's sort of a bit scorned by her uh, affair with him. It's gone a bit sour. <laughs> so um, she's, this is her sort of 1920s space where she comes and does exactly what she wants. Hello and welcome to Best Sips Worldwide. I'm your drinking companion, Susan Schwartz, an American travel writer living in London. Thanks to my mother's love of martinis, the first words I spoke were shaken, not stirred, and I've been obsessed by the history of cocktails ever since. Through the years, I've been lucky enough to sip some of the best made by the best. Hear that sound? It's time to cozy up to the bar and let me introduce you to the movers and shakers of the world's most famous watering holes. Today on Best Sips Worldwide, Jason Vickers and Pablo Morena, bar manager and head bartender of Miss Homage at Waldorf Astoria in London, transport us right back to the 1920s when London band leaders and showgirls were all the rage. Our original bar in the hotel is named after Good Godfrey, or um, Howard Godfrey, who was the leader of the, the Waldorf House Band back in the days before they had sort of pre-recorded uh, music. So it was all live bands in the Waldorf. Um, so we named the bar after him, um, and he was quite famous for being um, a very good-looking chap. Um, so we thought for the concept of Miss Marge, um, he must have been, you know, quite popular with the ladies. So we came up with Miss Marge as his mistress, um, who's sort of a bit scorned by her uh, affair with him. It's gone a bit sour. <laughs> so um, she's, this is her sort of 1920s space where she comes and does exactly what she wants. And you'll see that in the lipstick on the mirrors and sort of the decor and uh, the, the drinks. Uh, uh, what was of. this space originally? So the space originally opened, um, I think it was the original bar of the hotel. Um, it has been a private dining room. And then more recently, um, and I think around the summertime in 2016, it opened as a pop-up bar, but without any concept. Um, and then Miss Amage came about from that. Uh, how can we create a concept with what we've got already? And how can we um, relate it to the outlets that we have in the hotel? Um, but how can we make it different and a little bit more exciting? Because um, what we didn't want to do is sort of cannibalize um, from the product that we'd already got. So, And this, which you're calling the product, of yeah. course, is the Waldorf Astoria, which is one of the most beautiful hotels, I think. It has it is, an original yeah. ballroom. Yeah. Um, so the Palm Court, built in 1908, is um, one of the most impressive rooms in London. It's all sort of, you know, natural light. Um, and I think, it, you know, when you enter the hotel, it, it's a bit of a secret until you open the door and, you you know, you come across the, the beautiful Palm Court, which has been here for many years and has got a, a, an illustrious history to it as well. So. It's definitely one of the most iconic hotels, I think. Yeah, yeah, Really, definitely. once you walk into that Palm Court, yeah, and it's I think just, you're just transported right back. Absolutely. When it was built. Yeah, and that's uh, one of the things that we um, want to continue to do as a hotel is really sort of um, bring back a heritage, um, which you'll see in terms of um, the guys on the door, you know, the, the, the guys that welcome you to the hotel are wearing bowler hats and our menus are going to go back to more traditional. Um, and even the rooms when they were renovated last, um, we tried to keep in mind, you know, the, the history to the hotel. I think previous owners of the hotel um, try to do something quite daring and make it really modern. Um, but I think, you know, the Waldorf is the Waldorf and it's important to, to embrace our heritage, really. I think it's a... It's a, a now, did you both know about the Waldorf before coming here? Why don't we start with Jason, since you're speaking already. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've always known about the Waldorf, um, of course. 
you know, it's, it's the little sister to the, the Waldorf Astoria in New York. Um, and it's just one of those hotels that, you you know, it stands out. You can't miss it once you're, once you're on the Aldwych. It's a, it's a beautiful building. Um, so, yeah, I, I was really excited to, to be placed here. Um, I really like hotels that have got a bit of a story to them and a bit of heritage. So Do too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and so you are from England, obviously yes. from your accent. Yep. Can you tell us a little bit about your, um, your background? Yeah, sure. So I'm from Stoke-on-Trent originally. Um, we're not famous for our luxury hotels in Stoke-on-Trent. <laughs> it's, it's more the, uh, the pottery and uh, the Wedgwood. But um, I started in hospitality um, back in 2011 when I started to study hospitality management at University of Surrey. Um, was it something that you always wanted to get into? Well, I, it started out as I went for an interview at a hotel. Um, and, I, and they said, oh, what would you like to achieve? I said, I'd like to be a general manager one day. And uh, the interviewer said, oh, you're only going to do that if you get a degree. So I went and got a degree, basically. Okay. That was good advice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so, yeah, and then I, I moved to London in 2013 um, to do an internship at the Savoy Hotel, where I got the chance to A wonderful place the, to start yeah, as well, yeah. another historical exactly. hotel. Um, that sort of introduced me to the, the world of bars. I worked in the Beaufort Bar um, as a bar back um, and then made my way, you know, around uh-huh. the department. Well, I've was, interviewed Anna Sebastian. Yeah, of yeah, course, I worked uh-huh. with Anna. Um, so, yeah, it was that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I joined Wald, um, Hilton in 2015 on their uh, Elevated Graduate Programme where I worked um, at the Doubletree in Amsterdam, um, another fantastic bar in the Sky Lounge that they have there. Um, and then I joined the Waldorf for my second placement in June 2016. So, All right, now Pablo, you are from Spain. Now yes. how did you get here in London? Well, I, I finished my previous job in Spain. Um, I was a bit lost. I didn't know what to do with my, with my life at that moment. So I said, I really would like to, to learn some English and to... to to do something to find what to do with my life and I came up here in London I found a job as barback in a membership club and where were you from in Spain? Uh, from Canary Islands from okay. Gran Canaria so it was a, a little change for me coming from a 20 degrees all day around <laughs> here like, yes. to, to London <laughs> on this rainy day and tonight <laughs> it was kind of I was coming from an island to, to see all the that crowded tube stations streets was like wow <laughs> okay. So, so that was your first time in London? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my first time out of, out of Spain. So, uh-huh. yeah, it was quite shocking at the, the beginning. But uh, when I started to, to work in my previous place, it was my first job in London, I started to discover that it was my first job in a, in a bar. Okay. And it was, that when I, it was then when I saw, so, wow, that's the bar from, from the inside. Then I started to, to be more curious about cocktails, about about bars in uh-huh. general about drinks and uh, I'm sure you my, see my that there's so much happening in London yeah exactly it's, uh, I, what I thought was wow I mean I didn't know I wanted to come here but now I know it's where I want to stay so far so and mm-hmm. after that I came I came up here uh, and here I am <laughs> and here you are All right and here we are in Miss yeah. Homage so continuing on with the story of Miss Homage so the the uh, girlfriend or ex-girlfriend Yes, right. so um, I like to think Miss Amaris is probably a showgirl that worked in one of the um, in one of the, the theatres either side. Um, so, yeah, so it, it's basically um, the bar. It, it all came about from the mirrors, actually, for the, for the office. So what could we do with the, the mirrors? Because they're sort of very imposing in the bar. Um, and, yeah, it, it led from... So the, the mirrors were already here? Yeah, so um, very sort of... 
um, it, it is a pop-up bar, so we've sort of worked with what we've got okay. to um, yeah make it make it something a little bit exciting. And the feedback that we get from guests, you know, if you if as you just walk through the hotel and you've seen it's you know massive change from what what is outside of the room in terms of yeah change exactly if you bust the door it's like wow yeah and that's what you get when guests walk in it's like wow this is this is different it's not what you expect of the waldorf but it it works really well and Uh, yes well there's a certain seductive quality about it too but it definitely comes maybe a little bit uh uh a little more in the future, I guess. If if the Waldorf is the turn of the century, this now we're in the 1920s. Exactly. Yeah. Well, except with a little bit of Greta Garbo, so maybe in the 1930s. <laughs> there, there's some photos of Greta Garbo and um, so, but, but it's fu- so much fun, which unfortunately you, no one can see. I have to take a picture of it. It are the lipstick, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. writing on the walls yeah. and the feather boas um, yeah. in the chandelier. So it's really made such an effort to make it a playful space too absolutely and that's not what serious. we wanted to, to do and you know um, one of the things that I mean the theatres either side of the Waldorf predate the hotel the hotel was built for the theatres um, and that's something that we've tried to do throughout the hotel is how can we bring you know this theatrical you know theatricalness to the to the Waldorf and um, yeah that's what we wanted to do with Miss Amar so, so so how did the cocktail creation and the, and the menu come about well, we didn't want to make that uh, cocktail bar, but we had to, to put cocktails on the menu, of course. Uh, just something to to relate it with the concept of the bar, something that you can see it fits here. So when you have a clean slate, okay, where you, uh, yeah. when I mean that is that you can start, you're starting from nothing really, except for an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, as bartenders and bar manager. Where do you start? You know, is it the playfulness? Are you, do you think playfulness because this is a playful space? Um, so how do you, how do you even start creating a menu? Um, I guess I, I think that the brief. I mean, sort of we came up with the concept of Miss Mars simply the the name of the bar has always been a Mars. Um, so we thought, you know, how could we make it a little bit more loose, um, a little bit more sort of sassy and theatrical. Um, and it started with a conversation with one of my colleagues about, well, why don't we just write Miss over it and sort of, you know, keep the logo, but just write Miss over it. And then it's like, oh, why don't we do lipstick? So, of course, red lipstick. Then uh, we, we sort of brought that to the cocktails. Oh, why don't we do, you know, red cocktails? Of course, we did uh, After that, the yeah. cocktails came itself yeah. with, the, with the concept. Yeah. Uh-huh. That. Are there certain... Um, spirits that immediately pop to mind when you think, you know, miss or red, you know. I think um, so. The spirits that we've, we've got have always sort of been champagne. quite traditional. Champagne, champagne, right, right, champagne. So. <laughs> rose. Um, so uh-huh. yeah, we, um, so the, the rose champagne that we've got, um, sort of traditional things that we want to keep as well. Sort of what would they probably have drunk um, during the nineteen twenties? Right. Obviously, you know, like the martinis. Um, so we sort of based. How can we create a cocktail that's very similar but isn't a martini and is very much you know that playful and misomage? So love bubbles. Exactly. (laughs) What we didn't want to do is make it too feminine. We we were never scared of of, you know being feminine because if it works, then let's go with it. But um, we wanted to to do something. For example, um, we've got a cocktail that's whiskey based, not traditionally something that a woman would drink. But how we sort of played with the cocktail recipe—it's one of you know—it's quite sweet, so it's, uh, it works really well. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that—is there anything brown? Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of bartenders who I've interviewed, they always say that bartenders love brown liquid, yeah. and I'm a big fan of bourbon. 
as well. So I, I, am a, I am a woman who likes a brown liquid. But when you're going through for a feminine theme, I can understand. Yeah. You know, do you, do you then see... Then you start to think about maybe not that alcoholic drink, something more smooth, not that strong. But even with those uh, brown drinks, dark drinks, you can play that, that way to, to create something lovely and, and mm-hmm. easy going. Can you tell me some of the drinks that you've made? Uh, the Siena Secret, for example, uh, is the goat that we will see later on. It's uh, the dark spirit one. It's made with a penguin. It's a Welsh uh, whiskey. Okay. With a, it's a twist on a whiskey sour. But instead of sugar, we use uh, cinnamon syrup, a bit of lemon juice, half lemon, and that's it. Instead of the egg white, we just shake it, and we serve it on the rocks with the, in, the, in our... Uh, Julep cup, uh-huh. julep. <laughs> oh, I guess in the barware is something else. Have you know? Did the barware also change with? Yeah, so um, um, we started to use sort of um, things that would, you know, that would look a little bit more attractive and a little bit more daring. So, for example, we've got um, the copper julep cups. Um, we have very sort of nineteen um, twenties um, sort of coupettes as well. And champagne sauces. Yeah, champagne sauces. Um, I know, supposedly they say that champagne really is better in a flute, but I think it's so much sexier to have absolutely. it in a coupe. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to create in Miss Amaris, that's that sexiness. Um, and, that. and I guess um, sexiness in Spain may be different <laughs> from sexiness in Britain. Yeah, I mean... So did you bring some of your own homegrown <laughs> Grand Canary um, Island sexiness to I'm the I'm still drink? busy getting all the sexiness from London and just <laughs> seeing how, how, how it goes in here. But yeah, I mean, I always try to, to bring something of my, my background from my tropical paradise. And it's, uh, yeah, it's completely different when you came up to, to think about maybe... The same concept we're thinking now, maybe in, in Gran Canaria, would be completely different in a isolated beach, just candles. Maybe you know, it's uh, something. But the weather is what it makes the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, yeah, of course. Well, I'm getting so thirsty. You guys are making me so thirsty. So why don't we make one of these drinks at the bar? Of course. All right. Go for it. Thanks so much to Jason and Pablo for taking us right back to the 20s. We head back to the City of Brother Love for our next podcast, where we meet with Jason Elliott, the general manager of the Franklin Bar. According to the rumors, the Franklin crew ran more liquor than even the notorious Al Capone. We'll let you know if those rumors are true. Until next time, bottoms up. For more information and links to everything you've heard about, plus a bit more, please visit bestbitsworldwide.com. Thanks for listening to Best Sips Worldwide, a spin-off of Best Bits Worldwide. Always remember the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation, and never drink and drive. Okay, I said that last part. Theme music is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. You'll find me at the bar. <laughs>